Virginia states the barrier to opening a rehab can be dangerously low. For example, in Idaho, as long as you are not operating a residential program for adolescents, you don't need a license at all. In California, as long as you take private pay clients, anyone can start an outpatient rehab center. And in Florida, if you want to open a sober home, a group home where people stay, often while they receive outpatient treatment, there is nothing in state law to stop you. Technically, O.J. Simpson could open one right now, which would obviously be called the juice cleanse, and there would be nothing standing in his way. That's interesting stuff about rehabs. Most of that comes out of Obamacare. And your tax, day or, uh, your tax dollars are mandated to pay for it. Yeah. They must pay for it. And uh, Your money yeah. will be taken Insurance. and given to O.J. Uh, the the other end of that being, even if you're trying as hard as you can and are completely legit and only care about making people sober, your success rate's like 5%. So, uh, it's rough. Um, it's like he's not really the juice anymore. I know. He's helping people rehab. Follow up on a couple of things. Uh, you can buy an earlship. How's that work? <laughs> yes. So uh, earlship, uh, some sort of titleship or lordship. Uh, the price a lord. The price of titles appears to be going down. Uh, this is from an article about 2016. So probably, uh, you know your mileage may vary if you're going to buy lordships today. Uh, uh, who knows? What, maybe the market's down. Is it like oil or is it the stock market? Initially, it was ten thousand down to about five thousand. Uh, the titles would only allow buyers to call themselves lord and baron and apply for a coat of arms. Uh, they're not any sort of rank. Um, although some of the British titles include limited privileges, including... Can I invade uh, Grenada? <laughs> no, that's not one of them. Uh, some grazing and sporting fishing rights. Nice. As, as well as, and this is where it gets good, permission to collect tolls or hold a fair. I will set up some toll booths all over my lordship. Wow, you want to come to my fair? It's going to cost you. You don't like it? You can walk around. Wow. <laughs> I can make everybody call me my lord. Mm. That'd be great. You're going to bow. You're going to bow down. Joe, what's up? I'm sorry, who what's up? Oh, I'm sorry, my lord. And I will have a scepter. I don't know where you buy one, but I'll get one. Scepter hut. Uh, Warriors won last night by 41. They're up 2-1. Cleveland, LeBron James playing again tonight against the uh, Boston Celtics. They were down 2-0. Came across this interesting stat. 300 teams have been down 2-0. In the playoffs in NBA history, 281 of them lost the series. Ooh, boy. Almost always. Only 19 times does a team come back from 2-0. I didn't know that. And James has done it twice. So, we'll see what happens. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Of the, what is that? It's uh, It's a percentage. It's it's like a 7.5%, something like that. But he's done it twice. Yeah. It's amazing. And trying to work on a third. Came across this from Ian Bremmer's Twitter feed. I don't know what this means. By the end of the year, Bitcoin is expected to use up 0.5% of the world's electricity. Roughly the same amount of electricity as is used by the Netherlands in a year. By late next year, Bitcoin will be consuming 1.8% of global electricity, more than what all the world's solar panels currently produced. I don't have the slightest idea what that means. I mean, I know what electricity is, and well, I, I understand it's on computers. And <laughs> I don't understand what Bitcoin. It's how an Bitcoin, electronic current. But, but how does Bitcoin use electricity? So the, this has to do with the quote unquote the Bitcoin, the mining of the bitcoins, uh-huh, which, which I also require get, but, uh, very powerful computers running constantly but for if, my understanding but if to by, do something I can't comprehend. Yes. But if by next year the the growing global currency of bitcoin uses more electricity than all the solar panels in the world produce, we got a bit of a problem, don't we? 
if it keeps going that direction? Yeah, I guess. Somebody's paying for it, I presume. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I'm mystified by the whole thing. I'm out of my depth, Donnie. It seems uh <laughs> seems extraordinary. What what else? The Netherlands. I've actually been there. It's a lovely place. Tulips, wooden shoes, uh, beer junkies, a lot of junkies, whores. Anyway, um <laughs> Uh, what's what's another comparison to the Netherlands? Yeah, like I don't know uh, all uh, Belgium, uh, <laughs> like all the electric cars in the world, or I don't know Manhattan. I don't know. Is this a problem? I don't know. I have no idea. Okay, uh, this is something. Arnie Duncan. I remember his name. He was the Secretary of Education under Barack Obama. Headline: Let's boycott schools until gun laws change. What now? Uh, somebody came up with this idea, he retweeted it, then was asked about it, and was willing to say, yeah, this is brilliant and tragically necessary, former Secretary of Education tweeted. What if no children went to school until gun laws changed to keep them safe? My family's all in if we can do this at scale. Parents, will you please join us? Duncan then later said in an interview Saturday that the idea was intended to be provocative, but that an aggressive approach like a school boycott is needed if gun laws are ever going to change. So a permanent school-aged children and said if this idea were to gain traction, his family would participate. It's wildly impractical and difficult, he said, but I think it's wildly impractical and difficult the kids are shot when they're sent to school. Sure. He's actually for parents pulling their kids out of school until gun laws change. Period. Whatever that means, the well, gun laws. Gun laws will change, and there will be a school shooting the next week. Unfortunately, not if you have the right gun laws, Joe. Uh, all right, okay. I don't know what particular laws he feels like would uh, need to, need to change before he'd let his kids go back to school, or people across the country should. That that I'd say that's a gesture. That's a hell of a thing to say. Yeah, I, I kind of enjoy the out of the boxiness of it. On the it's other Trumpian hand, Trumpian. What uh, it is? Yeah. The idea that you could pass a set of gun laws that would pass constitutional muster that would cure it. It would be done. No more danger of it. That strikes me as crazy. Well, that might be an unfair way to put it. The right. idea that there'll never be another school shooting. Reel me back in. You that, don't You don't have to come up with a gun law that's going to stop there from ever being another school shooting. But we could go from 18 since the first of the year to two. Oh, that'd be great. That would be great. But what law? There's no law you were ever going to pass that would have stopped the one from Friday. He had a shotgun and a handgun. Nobody's talking about making those illegal. Right. Nobody. Or, you know, you could, uh, dad had not secured the weapons properly, apparently. Make so that make penalty that so high. 30 years in prison. Yeah. I, I would like to know from Arnie Duncan the difficulty of these cases is the how the weapons got in those diseased hands. Uh, it changes so much case to case to case. So again, you know, show me the show me the gun law that would take care of half of them. And I'm willing to listen. I'd be really interested in that. And then let's get it past the courts. Hey, to be fair, on the other side of this, when I heard people say, see, banning AK-47s, or <laughs> I guess we have those banned, banning AR-15s, yeah. that's the number. Banning AR-15s, it doesn't make any difference. You don't know. That kid, he may have he may have killed thirty people if he'd had an AR-15, right? Instead of ten. So that that argument doesn't. Well, work. The, the fact that you'll still you could still have double digit shootings with just a shotgun and a handgun, he proved that. And on the other other side of it, people are saying they hardened the target. They had two armed security officers, and he still uh, still killed ten people. Well, it might have been thirty five. 
You know, and and those guys behaved bravely, according to all accounts. Didn't uh, go hide like the guys in Florida did? Right, exactly. So, uh, no, there is no, God, there's no one solution. There's no cure-all. Just uh, That's the most, you know, it's one of the most exhausting parts of this discussion, I think, from the point of view of people who are not directly mourning, is the idiocy of the immediate aftermath on the media and social media and the rest of it. We need to do this. We need to do that. Why don't we sit down? Can we have a commission? Well, we'd have a com- well. It w- they'd come out with a brilliant bipartisan report, which we would ignore most likely. Um, yeah, it's but the shouting about one particular thing or another or poo-pooing it—a term I know you've uh, decided never to use yourself. Um, I just who is that for? I guess that's dumb people yelling at each other. I don't know. Or I suppose you uh, you say you say it's a whole bunch of stuff. Well, you start tackling them one by one. This gun law, that fine, that that elimination of that weapon. This go, mental health crisis, this uh, moral training, cultural disease. Yeah. Well, that's absolutely the way it's going to happen. And each one will m- somewhat reduce the risk of, uh, as I was saying earlier this morning, it is an A, B, C, D thing. Maybe it's three, maybe it's five, whatever. You have to have a series of factors falling into place to result in one of these shootings. And, you know, maybe it's like A through G, and you need any four of them falling in line properly. But it is not an eliminate A, and there's no more shootings thing. That's a ridiculous point of view. I mean, unless you can eliminate all firearms, and you can't. So let's move on with the discussion. I wouldn't be surprised if there's not, I don't know about if the candidate for the Democrats would run on uh, Second Amendment, but I'll bet there is a candidate out there in the debates. Repealing it, you yeah. mean? Or I guess you actually have another amendment that voids it, or however that works. Yeah. But in, in essence, doing away with the Second Amendment. I'll bet there's at least one candidate runs on that as a D, don't you think? Sure, yeah, in the that's primaries. Up, that's up on the stage in debates. Will there be as many as there were Republicans? What was it, 18, really? 18 serious candidates and a couple more out there. And on have the two debates. Maybe. Remember when Rand Paul got shoved onto the loser debate? Yeah. That was hurtful. It was hurtful to me. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned earlier, Bernie Campaign's campaign manager says Bernie is thinking of running again. $27! Even if he has to run against Elizabeth Warren. Mm. Isn't he going to be like 80? He's going to be old, plus he did not get the scrutiny that you usually get as a candidate. Yeah, well, that's one factor. On some of his plans and that sort of stuff. They say 80 is the new 78, so <laughs> got that going. Oh, the way uh, a political endorsement really works, we have an insider's account. Okay. Anonymous. I've always thought they're pointless. Fairly. Okay. Among other things, coming up, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Maybe we'll talk about this new audio project we're going to do, be doing as a podcast. Maybe we'll tell people about that. It's kind of sure. interesting. Yeah. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
season, and there were a lot of jokes we tried this year, and some of them were uh, deemed too offensive to do on air. So we decided that since it's the end of the year, we're going to do some anyway. How about that? <laughs> The Boy Scouts of America agreed this week to allow girls into their organization because somebody's got to sew those badges on. Now, again, <laughs> these jokes are offensive, and that's why we won't tell them on air. <laughs> wow. <laughs> got a laugh out of me. How you doing? How you doing? I did not advance the discussion of sex. Of course in not. America, an inch. So I found this uh, revealing. Although, I'm not, where does it leave the audience? What, what, what is the end result of this segment? I find myself wondering. It's almost 9.30. If, we're, well, if we leave the good folks less hopeful, more cynical, bitterer. It reminds me when is I that used, a good thing? It's like when I used to watch Glenn Beck's TV show. Oh, the one yeah. where he had the chalkboard on Fox. And yeah, the, and back he, in his heyday. And every day I'd turn it on for like five minutes and, and I, I would just... I wouldn't want to leave my house. Right. I think, what's the point? This is so beautifully done, <laughs> and it leaves me wanting death. So, what have you done, Glenn? Yeah, I know. It's funny. Just that I was about to launch into this, and I thought, what the hell is the point? He became a gazillionaire <clears throat> off of that. Yeah, I guess he did. Well, I found it really, really interesting. Al Anonymous weighing in, or it may even be Aileen Anonymous. I'm not saying. But this person is definitely in the know, politically speaking, and has a, a tale to tell of Republicans in progressive states that, uh, well, I'll just get to it, has to do with the race for governor of California right now. There are a handful of Republicans running for the office. And they don't have a great chance, but I'm not as dismissive of their chances as others because things can happen during a race. But in California now, the top two people in the primary, they run, to the final. they run against each other even if they're from the same party, right? Right, yeah. So one of them's so got to squeeze up onto the ballot to even have a chance. So the Republicans even running against Gavin Newsom would be a, a victory. Right, yeah, just getting on the ballot, which is a little scary, but... um. How, what order do I present this in? It has to do with the fact that President Trump sent out a tweet endorsing John Cox. I heard that. For president. Uh, I'm sorry, for governor of California. He's a Republican. We talked to him yeah. once. Probably will again. Yeah. Uh, now, th- I'm not saying this is a good or bad move or whether or not John Cox is the better candidate to endorse. Here are some fun facts, though. John has run five times for political office. He's run for president, which tells you he's the kind of person that would run for president. Senate, Congress twice, and even county recorder. He's lost every single race he's ever run. I did not know that. Travis Allen, who we've talked to before, uh, and we'll talk to again, is a three-term state assemblyman and is known for his grassroots efforts and cult-like following. <clears throat> not like you brand your genitals like that one uh, the, the Nexium thing or whatever. I'm but, not joining that cult. Well, it's not your genitals. It's your uh, your your groinal area. Grunkle? Kind of groin. No, <laughs> no. It's more like uh, you know east genitals, genital heights. It's it's over. It's close by. Okay. It's a short commute. <clears throat> <clears throat> anyway, where were we? Uh, cult like following, right? 
He's lived in California his whole life. Uh, he's a fiery and aggressive politician gathering hundreds of people everywhere he goes, whereas John Cox makes it clear why he's never won a political race. He's old, very boring, and an extremely unlikable man. Think Hillary Clinton in a conservative man form. At any rate, this guy swears this is not an advocacy for Travis Allen, really. I just want to illustrate how this stuff works. Travis Allen, by the way, is a hardcore Trump guy, whereas John Cox was a never-Trumper. Now, I didn't know that. voted for the mental institution escapee Gary Johnson, (laughs) as did I. I'm barely paying attention, but the way I got it through his ads was he's the Trump guy. No. Not true. He's going to support all of Trump's policies. So he was a never-Trumper. I don't know. He might. But no, he wasn't. He was a never-Trumper at the time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the guy he's running against was with Trump from the beginning. Okay, that's interesting. So, moving on to Kevin freaking McCarthy, our correspondent writes. Uh, First thing is, I've spent a little time in my political career talking to Kevin McCarthy. Joe is right. He and Wolf Blitzer would make one full wit. (laughs) But this isn't about Kevin Smarts. It's about his uh, political intuition or lack of courage. Uh, Congressman Kevin knows that John Cox doesn't have a shot against Gavin Newsom. Pretty, pretty Gavin Newsom. He also knows that Travis Allison, uh, Allen's chances are slim to none, but the difference is Cox's unlikability. Kevin's a swamp creature and in it for the power trip and politics of it all. He knows John Cox won't win, but he also knows John Cox won't be memorable. On the other hand, Kevin is very scared of someone like Travis Allen, who, for better or worse, is an outspoken Trump supporter, knows how to stir up controversy, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So Cox is the goes away quickly, safe district, stay safe, just nothing will happen choice. I'm summarizing now. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Um, at least with John Cox, Kevin doesn't have to worry about any commotion or the governor's chick- ticket because John Cox is the safest losing bet. Kevin McCarthy convinced the most egotistical president in our nation's history to endorse a never Trumper. Wow. Now, one could think of this as safe or smart politics, or you could think of it as lack of courage and backbone, not for me to decide. But it's interesting how little hope conservatives have in California as a whole. I guess maybe they shouldn't. But man, stuff like this is depressing. So, in other words, they're not going to try at all uh, to protect what they have. So, how annoying has it got to be if you're Travis Allen, who's been with Trump since the beginning, that the never-Trumper gets the endorsement from the president? Right. And that Kevin McCarthy spearheaded it. Because he said, listen, we'll get this uh, election over with, and then politics as usual. Right. Eh, Well, that's how politics works, folks. You still, you hear the slogans, and you think, yes, this politician will save us. Wake up! Yeah, you can't be cynical enough about politics. You really can't. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Trump raging against leakers, spies, and critics on several different levels, and we have the ratings for the royal wedding just in. God save the queen! (laughs) The ratings for the wedding. Okay. Coming up. That's on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. So I was at a golf tournament all weekend playing with my boy. Did you guys talk about Lucas Glover, the uh, famous golfer's wife thing at all? Barely. Oh, man. So this guy's in a tournament and he doesn't make the cut. You know, you got to score a certain or they send you home. And and his hot, hot blonde wife, I Who guess. Who looks exactly like every other professional golfer's wife. Exactly. Do, do they have a factory where they breed them? It's a farm. 
Uh, it's none of your business. They all, look exactly, farm. they all look exactly alike. Well, you got a couple different kinds. They're competing PGA wife farms. But so anyway, this one's from Hot Blonde Farm. And evidently she's been drinking all day long. And he gets home from, you know, missing the cut, which means he's not going to make any money. And she starts berating him, saying, you're a loser. Why can't you win? You're a loser. And, and then when Lucas Glover's mom steps in and says, hey, now, let's everybody calm down. Crazy hot wife squares up on mom and tries to put her lights out. Now, honey. Stop fighting my mom. I get you drunk. I get you're disappointed. We're all disappointed. But fighting Ma is straight out of bounds. I mean, that is, you're not allowed to fight my mom. So who made the initial 911 call? This crazy woman, right? I, no, I think I think the golfer did. I can't, somebody did. But anyway, he he. she's telling the cops that mom attacked her. He oh, attacked yeah. her. He jumps on the phone with the cops and says, look, that's not what happened. Don't send the police. But it's too late then. The police have to come. But right. I'm sure he lives in a super upscale neighborhood where he's thinking, I don't need sirens and cops out of my front lawn. Yeah. And yeah. I'm thinking this sort of thing happens regularly. Well, he's there at the tournament during this. So all of his peers and his friends and the officials are around and the rest of it when all the sirens start showing up. And uh, yeah, and they got two little kids, too. But then he put out a tweet <clears throat> or a, a, a statement. And I don't know what kind of statement you're supposed to make after your hot wife gets drunk, calls you a loser, and fights your mom. My wife is a crazy as SB. The end. Yeah. Uh, when I was young and I won some championships and was rolling in dough... A bunch of hot chicks started throwing themselves at me, and I made some poor decisions. <laughs> Signed, Lucas Lover. No, that's not what he said. That's what he could have said. <laughs> he said, <clears throat> on May 12th, my wife and mother were involved in an argument to which the police were called. Everyone is fine. Regrettably, although Krista was charged, we are comfortable that the judicial system is able to address what actually happened, and Krista will be cleared in this private matter. We thank you for respecting our privacy as we work through this unfortunate situation. That's a nice statement. God dang it. What an ugly deal that is. Of course alcohol was involved. Let's do a little role playing now, honey. Let's say you've been drinking all day and I forgot to do the dishes. I say, uh, it's no problem. We'll do them in the morning and then I fight your mom. No, 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 <laughs> no. See, what we're working on here is the last part. Can't have it. Uh, I'm sure you have actual news stories, Marshall. But that was quite the talk at the golf tournament over the weekend. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Now, President Trump is putting new pressure on the Justice Department, saying he is going to demand an investigation of whether the FBI infiltrated his presidential campaign. So the department is already asking its inspector general to widen an existing probe to see whether there was any improper surveillance motivated by politics. Now, Trump was also tweeting angrily in response to a New York Times report that an emissary from Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates met with his son, Donald Jr., and other members of his campaign team about three months before the 2016 election, allegedly offering assistance to help Trump win. Trump tweeted that the Times, quote, has done a long and boring story indicating that the world's most expensive witch hunt has found nothing on Russia and me, so now they're looking at the rest of the world, exclamation point. To this, Democratic Senator Mark Warner of Virginia said on CNN, What is remarkable to me 
is that the president somehow seems not to understand that when a foreign nation tries to interfere in our elections, that's wrong. That's illegal. All right. Why are we playing this clip? The effing posturing on the cable news, Marshall. We don't need it. That This is going to end. Trying to prove the motivation of the investigation is going to be so hard. Trump fans are going to be utterly convinced that the Obama administration was trying to mess with the campaign to help Hillary. Uh, people who, who are, are anti-Trump are already saying this is ridiculous. This is complete, there's nothing there. I'm telling you, this is bad. It's bad for everybody. And, and you don't have to whip it up. The idea that, as we said earlier, so the Trump administration uh, gets some FBI informants to look into, uh, you know, uh, Bernie's campaign just to make sure France isn't, you know, influencing it. And they put plants in the campaign. You you on the left, you're going to be fine with that, right? I'm telling you, these are ugly times. Ugly. U.S. Supreme Court ruling in favor of employers who want to force their workers into individual arbitration instead of using class action lawsuits for legal claims. Bloomberg News reports a divided decision could limit the rights of tens of millions of workers. Employers could go ahead and enforce written arbitration agreements that have been signed by the workers. Judges voting five to four along ideological lines. And they're building on previous rulings that let companies direct disputes with consumers and other businesses into arbitration. Now, the other thing is, will they expand this into other fields on, uh, when you are offered our arbitration? Will they try and expand on the ruling? Meanwhile, we've got the royal wedding looking to have been a rating success. God save the queen! Nielsen reports 30 million Americans tuned in to see Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. At 1 o'clock in the morning? Yes. So, 1 o'clock in the morning West Coast times. So, it was 4 o'clock in the morning on the East Coast? Yep. They're saying 30. And people watched it. Yeah. They're saying. Megan! Does that include first 24 hour DVR? That counts, right? I don't know. Anyway, 30 million Americans tuned in to watch the royal wedding. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle tying a knot early on Saturday morning. Steph Curry, proven once again why he's a two-time MVP with his most recent performance. Curry coming to life after a poor first two games as the Warriors destroyed the Rockets 126-85 at Oracle Arena in Game 3 of the Western Conference Finals. Three ball! Curry! We haven't seen that all series. Not that move. Not the dribble. Forward, step back dribble, and drop it in. Curry... Can I ask where we get our clips? Where's that from? Where'd that come from? Uh, that, uh, I believe, was uh, provided to us by the ABC. Those are terrible. That is the, uh, yeah, that's the, the radio broadcast. That yeah. is not the TV crew. I, I'd rather not air any than air the ones that are terrible. It's a very get, harsh newscast. If, if we I'm can't, so sorry, If we Marshall. can't get Marv Albert and Chris Weber like we can lift from somewhere else. Right. Or the, 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 hometown the, radio. T, the hometown's call or whatever. Because those are worthless. Can we come up with something better? Those Sean. are awful. It's a very exciting play and a very exciting right. game, and those guys are terrible. So let's, let's either quit using them or get the good ones. Because those here, are just here. so bad. So, meanwhile, back to the game. With all due respect to the fact that Steph Curry was absolutely unconscious, I mean, it, Kevin Garnett was amazing. I keep saying that. Kevin Durant was amazing. Yes. The, 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 like, seventh, eighth guy on the bench were playing out of their heads. There was just mojo in the house. Yeah. There you go. That's right. Forty-one is a uh, that that that's unbelievable. That almost never happens when the Golden State Warriors play the worst team in the league. Nut puncher Draymond Green was just so effective. Both ends of the court, just he was everywhere all the time. 
I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. That's the bald eagle of freedom right there, screeching. And we'll never be right. You want to yell about that clip now? No, that clip's fine. I know, I yelled at the earlier one. <laughs> it's a rough one for Marshall. So, it's sorry, not his Marshall. fault. Those clips are just worthless. Yeah, it's what we're given. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to take what we're given. What right. we're given is crap. I know what you're saying. Sean, I sent Sean a, uh, a thing that had a bunch of clips in it. Yeah, we, we played the the good one from that yeah, one. Yeah, that's what we we need. But it's hard. It's hard for me to listen to the TV crew with Weber and Reggie Miller and find good clips too because they're constantly talking over yeah. that that team. But I believe that was from one of the. I don't know if that was the Warriors team or the the Houston team, but I believe that was one of the team's radio broadcasts. Is Chris yeah. Weber the number one guy now? Certainly shouldn't be. He's doing the he's doing the uh, West Coast final. I guess for uh, yeah yeah. Oh man, that's with scary. Reggie Miller. Yeah. I didn't realize his career was going that well. Yeah, it's weird because they just they they reposition all the broadcast teams because I like Doris Burke should be the the analyst for these, but she's she's doing the sideline reporting. So they reshuffle all their teams down into four things. So they put teams together that aren't doing it during. <laughs> Do you don't have to go on. You don't have a mallet. No, I, I was <laughs> desperate. The mallet. The mallet is better. There you go. The petering out coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. story I would have to read more of to fully understand but who has the time then who has the time uh there are 12 million businesses in the country that are owned by baby boomers children are not taking over businesses from their parents like they used to hmm. which is its own interesting uh topic yeah yeah why would that be I don't want to take over your carpet and business dad I want to follow my dreams That's... man I wish I had a family business. I know some guys who got uh, gifted with the family business. Not so bad. You know, depending on your interests. Yeah, that that is its own interesting topic. But anyway, children are not taking over businesses from their parents like they used to, so they're going to become workers' co-ops, they think, a lot of these. So there's going to be a whole bunch of these in the coming future as baby boomers uh, pass along their business. Co-op, same three letters as communism. Roughly. Two out of three. That's enough. (laughs) Co-op sounds communist to me. I think it's a bit of a stretch. That's the point. (laughs) What do you know about economics, Michael, and political history? Wow. Very little. Wow. Um, Anything with co in it is close to communism. I can't get past the idea that your parents have a successful business. It's really hard in, in in theory. You know, I don't know if this is true or not, but people are claiming it's harder than ever to make a go of it. Um, every generation says that. But so you're not going to take over your parents' business. You're going to go out there and uh, make it go on on your own. Here's an opportunity to own a successful business. Yeah, you don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. What I does that mean? Yeah, I'm trying to imagine what it would be like, but it's so different than my experience. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe you see the downside of the, 
you know, tire revulcanize and trade your whole youth. I, I just think, think it's, no, it's the last thing I want to do. I just don't think anybody wants to do regular jobs, mm. which is, you know, easy for me to say I don't have a regular job. But there's just nobody that wants to take over. It's a perfectly successful carpeting business. That's a good example. For instance, there ain't nobody growing up now thinks I want to I want to be in the carpeting business. You know, we'll we'll expand. We'll get out of the quad cities and we'll take over this entire southeast corner of the state. Right. Nobody's thinking that anymore. They want to be a guitar player or a poet or whatever they want to be. Mm. I guess. I guess. There's days I'd like a nice regular business, you know. You do a good job. People recommend you. Before you know it, somebody else calls needs some carpet. This kind of reminds me of the... Uh, <laughs> you do make it sound exciting. The, the wealth- carpet, of course. Same letters as communism. A couple of them. The, the, the wealth <laughs> conversation we were having earlier, where people just have drastically different definitions of what it means to be wealthy. Uh-huh. Where there's a lot of people that, hey, hey a successful business that's already... It's, got, it's, it's, it's done the hard work. Now I just got to come in and put it on cruise mm-hmm. control. That sounds great. There's probably a lot of people, too, that sounds horrible. I think no, it, I just want free time. I yeah. want to be able to camp and fish with my friends. Well, so, so does everybody else, but how are you going to do that? Maybe they won't be able to do that, but mm-hmm. they got to try it, right? Like, yeah. you, you got to, you got to, sometimes you got to take a swing at things. Or they make barely enough money to survive. They live in a, a small apartment with a crappy car, but they go uh, camping every weekend and they're happy. I uh-huh. wonder. They have but roommates then they will, until they're 60. And... Then they will have no money and die poverty stricken. So we're doing. Unless uh, communism gets started. <laughs> Call up communism. <laughs> so we're going to do a, a podcast after the show today. Well, I'll talk about that in my final thought. Yeah. I didn't realize we were this late. Plus, Alexa, what? play something stupid and idiotic to waste my time. Okay, here's final thoughts with Armstrong and Giddy. Mm. <laughs> stupid and idiotic are original air names. Wow. I'll let you guess who is who. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the squad. Positive Sean, final thought? Yeah, the Royal Wedding hey, maybe made a drop in the pond of the ratings over the weekend, but it was the League of Legends video game tournament had a record-breaking 127 million people tune in to watch it over this past weekend. Now, most of that was in China. If you take that out, it's far but fewer. That's incredible. As a global yeah. thing to watch in the internet, the esports, 127 million people topping its own record that it set the previous year. Wow, that's huge. Most of them communists. At least you, <laughs> you admitted to it. <laughs> Michael Angelo, your final thought. Uh, let's see. I inherited my family business. Unfortunately, it was a blockbuster video store. So here I am working. <laughs> Enough said. Marshall Phillips, your final thought. Yeah, talking about modern medicine. This whole hernia thing is dragging out forever. Doctor who is going to meet with me and tell me the results of my ultrasound bailed on Friday. Left three messages. I'm sorry. We've got to, we, we can't meet. We can't meet. So I'm going to meet with his assistant this you afternoon. you got to go to Mexico. Go south of the border. <laughs> yes, get, Pay get cash. On there. Medical tourism. Honduras is nice. There you go. Jack, uh, final thought? So we're going to record a podcast today. I hope this is the first of many. We're actually going to do our first one with old friend Tim Sandifer, Tim the lawyer, because that'll be pretty easy. Like an hour, no commercials, relaxed conversation about things. Are you guys going to swear? This I, we got to decide that. Do we want to work blue? How blue? How you doing, Tim? You MFR? <laughs> I'll just open with that. But it, we want to become. I can make that sound like Sunday school if you want it. We want to be part of the intellectual dark net, which is catching on. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. Sure. My final thought is: there's two kinds of guys who lose a bet: those who come to you and say, "Dude." 
Wow, they won. Here's your money. And those who make you ask, Positive Sean. No, you'll have it tomorrow. Oh, uh, tomorrow. I'm here today. <laughs> and I had to bring it up. Weak. No, I had it the day Weak. after. I had it the day after the bet, oh, but you had abandoned my, your country. Oh, and and then that same it. guy uh-huh. makes excuses. Yeah, uh-huh. You didn't show up to work to collect your winnings. He assumed you weren't interested. Go join a commune <laughs> and making, a co-op. Making deals with the dark arts, having Jack curse the team. Yeah, me wearing my hat was really kind of unfair to oh, Sean. I knew it was assured when I saw the hats. Armstrong and Getty, blah, blah, blah. See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here! Get! Get! And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over! What? Bye-bye. While the least fit city in the country was once again Man Boobs, Louisiana. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.